the Chris Oldcorn Show. I'm going to talk to you tonight about long-term care across Canada. This is a big issue. I've dealt with a couple different things over the last week or so about long-term care. Plus, you know, I, I dealt with it from the very beginning of COVID-19. I'm going to give you an update on part of what I was talking about way back when COVID-19 started. And we're going to look at where was the shortcomings in our long-term care home system here in Canada? What can we do to improve? And what were the errors? Also, we're going to look at the fantastic job numbers that just came out. 953,000 new jobs in June. And we've gained back about 40% of all the jobs lost because of COVID-19. We're all trending in the right direction in this country. And we've got some very good economic news, and that's fantastic. I'll be right back after the break. And welcome back. Okay, I've talked about uh, long-term care homes a fair amount on both my show and on Special Report lately. Uh, I discussed the other night about how we're finally, it might be mandatory to put air conditioning into our long-term care homes. I don't understand how that wasn't already a policy before, but we're also going to look a little bit more at long-term care homes, but connected to COVID-19. So there's been a couple of reports that come out in the last few days that are very concerning. For example, five long-term care homes in Canada had 40% of the residents or more die. Now, when we first started to cover COVID-19, I talked about the Pinecrest home in Bob Cajun, and they had a massive outbreak there. 43% of their residents have now died of COVID-19. 43%. Think about that for a second. They only had 65 residents to start, and they lost 43% of them. Now, those numbers are bad, but there's even worse numbers when you start to consider how many have between 30 and 40% of the residents die, and you have another 19 homes there that had between 30 and 40% of their residents die. Now, certain areas were hit hard. Uh, near Montreal was hit really bad, and so was uh, some areas in Toronto. Um, but the, but this is, they've attributed it to a lot of things, and a lot of these things just make common sense. So for example, uh, staff shortages. Uh, the reason is most long-term care homes were understaffed to begin with. Uh, but when COVID-19 hit and you had staff being exposed to COVID-19, staff actually getting COVID-19, I mean, 17% of all the COVID-19 cases in Canada were amongst healthcare staff. Um, so that was already like a big problem was staff shortages before COVID-19, but COVID-19, you know, exasperated that problem. Then you had the Canadian Forces called in. They're not even trained, by the way, to um, work in long-term care homes. They had to be trained on what to do in the long-term care homes. Uh, and they were moved into the homes that were the hardest hit. In other words, the ones that had the biggest outbreaks, the ones that lost the most staff and so on. And that was kind of eye-opening because we actually got to see that, hey, there's a lot of parts of Canada uh, where long-term care homes are just completely understaffed and people are not being taken care of well. One of the things that came out of that was obviously that a lot of the long-term care homes don't even have air conditioning. Um, and then the other problem was that uh, the way that industry is structured is they like to give out a lot of part-time jobs and a lot of full-time jobs. So you had the same staff person who was probably working in two other homes as well as the home that you were operating. And that's very, that's like regular uh, workday for a lot of um, people that work in long-term care homes. They'll work at home A on Monday, home B on Tuesday, and home C on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, they'll work back at either A or B or C again. And that is not the, the way to stop 
spreading disease. And that's one of the reasons you saw these massive outbreaks because they were going from home to home. You'll remember back a little while ago, um, the War Memorial Hospital on the um, Sioux, Michigan side and Sioux Area Hospital on this side said, hey, you've got to make a choice. You're either going to work at War Memorial or you're going to work at Sioux Area Hospital, but you're not going to be able to go to both because we don't want to pass stuff back and forth. Now, looking back, that was a great decision because Michigan has more cases than all of Canada. And our case count here has been pretty low. We just had our 25th case the other day. We have one active case in Algoma District. You go across the bridge to America and you've got outbreaks all over Michigan, particularly on the southern parts. You now have a bunch of people that just tested positive in Chippewa. And we're seeing what is happening on the American side. And it's you know, it's a great decision by both hospitals to say, hey, we don't want to spread stuff back and forth between our two hospitals. We want to protect both. But that was not happening in long-term care. That's also one of the reasons why COVID-19 jumped from hospital to hospital. And I dealt with this the other day. Of the OECD countries, which is basically the 40 most developed countries on the planet, um, we had the highest percentage of our deaths in long-term care homes. 81% of the deaths from COVID-19 in Canada were in long-term care homes. The next closest country was Spain with 66% of their deaths in long-term care homes. And most of the OECD countries, when you put in the average in, it was well below 50% of their deaths were in long-term care homes. And this has really shone a spotlight onto long-term care in not only Ontario, but all of Canada. We'll be right back on, I got more on this to come. Okay, welcome back. Okay, continuing on the whole staffing thing. One of the other things is that when you have staff shortages, you need people to work and there just wasn't people to work. So sick employees were being pressured into working when they were still sick. Even if they were sick with something other than COVID-19, they were still being pressured to sick to work when you're sick. Long-term care homes, normally, if you're sick, you're not allowed to work. So this exacerbated the problem even more. Wow, I used that term exacerbated twice today. This made it even worse because you had people who were spreading non-COVID illnesses around. And guess what? When you're in a long-term care home, you usually have at least two very serious health care issues. Add that in, give someone a common cold, then their, their immune system's down, makes it easier for them to even catch COVID-19. These are all issues that could have been looked at and they didn't. Now, there is, the worst home was 44% of their patients died. It was in Quebec. The worst home in Ontario was the one in Bob Cage and Pinecrest where 43% died. But there was one uh, long-term care home in Quebec that 93 people died. Now it was a larger home, so it wasn't as big a percent as those other ones, but still 93 residents in one long-term care home passed away. Now, one of the things we have to also consider too is that some go provincial governments mandated not to transfer COVID-19 patients from long-term care homes to hospitals. Now, I can see why you would not want to transfer a COVID-19 patient to a hospital. I get that. Uh, people, you know, the last thing you want to do is transfer someone to a hospital and have them spread through the hospital. But you have to have a game plan in place. You have to send them somewhere. Long-term care homes are not hospitals. They don't have the same facilities. But to say, hey, you can't transfer them without a doctor's order or not transfer them at all, depending on the province, that is not a solution, and that was a dumb thing. Quebec did it. We did it here in Ontario in some parts as well, and it was not a smart idea. Now, 
The other thing you need to consider here too is that this is an industry that they are underfunded to begin with. Um, when you own, own a long-term care home, if you're a private operator, or for that matter, if you're a public operator as well, the provincial government gives you a set amount per month per resident. Now, that amount of money has prevented homes from being able to have the full-time staff, which is why they have to move around. The other thing is the, man, the money that is short meant that they also had problems buying uh, personal protective equipment because there was such a shortage of personal protective equipment across the entire planet, which drove up prices, which also meant that sometimes in some of the homes, uh, you would have someone wear the same gown the whole time, going from area to area to area without proper cleansing as they went from one area of the home to another. And that was another issue that came out in the research that they did in long-term care homes through COVID-19. Now, so you have people, basically what I'm saying is like you have an infection area over here, a non-infection area over here, but when you move from one to the other, you don't change, like for example, the gown you're wearing. Well, guess what? Someone coughs and COVID-19 goes onto the gown, it doesn't disappear. Yes, we know that COVID-19 sticks on hard surfaces the longest. However, it still sticks on soft surfaces, such as gowns, for at least several hours, if not for a full 24-hour time period, depending on the type of material it is. So these were all things that could have been done to help stop spread of COVID-19 inside a home after there was an outbreak. Now, I've dealt with this before, but we have around 626 long-term care homes in Ontario. Over 370 of them have had outbreaks. And some of these outbreaks could have been prevented and could have been much less if they just would have used personal protective equipment correctly and if they would have had the funding to actually be able to afford to do that. And these are just failings that we've done in long-term care. We need to look at bringing air conditioning into all long-term care homes. Um, and we also need to look at increasing our funding so that we can protect the people who literally built the society that we are living in now. They built Canada what it is, and it's only fair that we take care of them at the end of their lives and give them dignity and respect. I'll be right back after the break. And welcome back. Okay, uh, now for my closing rant. First, I have to give you a couple numbers. First, um, the Ontario economy grew 953,000 jobs in June. This is uh, obviously a lot of these jobs were the ones that were lost because of COVID-19. Back in May, we added 290,000 uh, jobs back to the economy, which means we've gained over a million jobs. We lost about 3 million because of COVID-19. We're, we're approaching about 40% of the jobs lost from COVID-19 to having them back to people re returning to work. Our unemployment rate fell to 12.3%. 34% of small businesses said they're back to normal staffing levels. However, only 24% say they're having the same sales that they had last year. But here's, here's how this is actually going to flush out. First off, earlier in the week, Aaron O'Toole came out. He's one of the uh, Conservative candidates for, for the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. And he came out and said, put a graphic out showing that Canada's unemployment rate was higher than America. Thing the thing about it is he actually lied on it because it was an outlook. Um, it wasn't actual real numbers. Uh, you're going to see American unemployment numbers possibly reach 20%. Ours peaked at 13.7. We're now back below 13. We're uh, close to 12. Uh, we're at 12.3. And that, I, I don't understand why the Conservative candidates keep getting up and lying to the public about stuff. Yes, things were bad. Yes, we had a ballooning massive deficit we saw earlier in the week. But we are now looking at 
the wage subsidy, getting people back to work. We're looking at ways of getting people off CERB to want them to go back to work. These are all positive things that are happening. Our economy is trending in the right direction. When our neighbors to the south, their economy is trending in the wrong direction. And if you look at the outbreaks across the states, they're going to have a lot more economic hardships uh, before things get better for them. For us, we are coming out of this. We're, we're growing back into the economy we had before. Will we see our low unemployment rate down by like 4% anytime soon? No, but we should get that unemployment rate below 10%, probably, I would guess, in the next month, month and a half, especially as we move to stage three. Uh, I just like to say, I think that the Trudeau government, the Ford government did excellent during this entire time period. And I would like to commend them both for that, especially working together since they're from different political parties. That's nice to see too, that they can separate you know, the differences that they do have and work on a common goal together. So I'd like to commend both Ford and Trudeau for that. And if you want to see uh, more of the show, you can uh, watch it uh, on Facebook. It also will be up on YouTube. If you want to listen to this show, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. You can follow me on social media, at Chris Oldcorn. I will see you back here Monday morning, 8 a.m., for Special Report. Have a fantastic weekend.